What's up, everybody? I'm David Hain. Welcome to episode 174 of the A to D from Addict to Disciple podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please like, subscribe, follow, and share the link with your friends. Really, get two friends to listen to this episode and then chat about it with them. If you'd like to get our curriculum, you can get the paperback or ebook of From Ashes to Destiny on Amazon. When we come back, we'll get into this episode entitled More Grief. Welcome back to episode 174 of the A to D from Addict to Disciple podcast entitled More Grief. I want to thank the many listeners who contacted me after last week's episode on complicated grief. This is apparently a topic that resonates with many of you. With that in mind, this week I'll share some of the feedback as if I'm on a walkabout, and next week I'll have a group session with our guys in recovery from Australia, South Africa, and the U.S. And I really want to encourage you as you listen to last week, this week, and next week's podcast, if this stirs things in you about complicated grief that you have to deal with, reach out. Um, You know, maybe if you're already attending AA or NA meetings and you've got a sponsor, you could pick a couple of topics and have your sponsor listen to the episode and you listen to the episode and use that as your your meeting for a day. Okay? Well, let's pretend I'm on a walkabout in a park for today. And I meet the people who messaged me this week as I walk along. As I approach the first park bench, there's a man in his 50s sitting alone, looking sad and possibly depressed. Hi, Vince. How are you feeling today? David, I'm dealing with my complicated grief. And it seems like I'm caught in a vicious cycle with no way out. Pshaw, that's a tough spot to be in. Could you describe it to me a little bit? I'll try, David. You see, as I went through the From Ashes to Destiny curriculum, I worked through my self-forgiveness and thought I got past my guilt and shame. But... I'm realizing there are too many people out there waiting to stone me in condemnation. It feels like everyone from my past, my friends, my family, my co-workers, it's like they're all circling me like vultures, reminding me of how much better they are without me in their life. It's like they're waiting for me to relapse so they can have a party at my expense. I'm stuck, David. I'm burdened, beaten down by the stones of condemnation. Whew, that is a lot to deal with. I'll make the time, Vince. Would you like to get together and and talk about this for an hour or so? Sure, David. How about we meet tomorrow for lunch? You got it. As I continue on the path through the park, I recognize the young man on the bench. Hi, Tom. How are you doing today? Actually, David, the podcast on complicated grief stirred something in me I guess I've been in denial about for years. It's about my parents. 
Whenever there was trouble, big or small, they would say, we'll get through this together, son. We'll do whatever it takes. We'll do whatever we have to do for you and with you. But looking back, I now realize they really meant we're professional pretenders and we'll teach you how to gloss over everything like it's okay. And it, in actuality, they, they forced me to pretend rather than deal with stuff. They should have been helping me process the hurt, not gloss it over like it's okay. So in response to your podcast, I'm starting to make a list of a lot of hurts that I've stuffed over the years that we need to deal with in one-on-ones. Awesome, Tom. That is an amazing first step in the right direction. I'm ready to work through those with you whenever you're ready. As I continue my walk, I hear footsteps running behind me. David, wait up. Do you have a minute? Hi, Keith. What's up? Well, I listened to your podcast yesterday, and I think you opened up a can of worms. And what I see in those worms is, it's like I'm re-watching a video of scenes from my childhood in my head. You see, David, I was an extrovert, growing up in a family of introverts. I was always too loud. I talked too much. I was the kid with a thousand questions that no one wanted to answer and no one even wanted to hear them. And I could never sit still. Even when we were in places like church or the library or in school, I couldn't sit still. I couldn't keep quiet. And it just got me in trouble. The phrase that I hear hear over and over again from my dad was, Shut up, Keith. Can't you see how embarrassing you are to your mother and me? Wow. I learned to recognize that look of embarrassment on their faces. And so I started running away from home at age 11. I couldn't deal with the pain I felt when I saw that look of embarrassment coming, even before they said anything. And I left for good at 16, and I've been taking care of myself ever since. But as you know, that hasn't worked out to be too great because it's led to a decade of addiction. And I'm now realizing I never processed that feeling of shame that I had from being an embarrassment. I just self-medicated and ran from it. And just pretended it didn't happen. And I think I'm still running from that shame of being an embarrassment today. Wow, deep stuff. As I reach the end of the trail at the park exit, I see Michael. He's been clean for six months and has begun to get involved with a local church. Hi, David. I was hoping to run into you today. What's up, Michael? Well, my complicated grief is that even though I'm clean, no one trusts me to stay clean. You see, I have a history of relapse when I reach the six-month mark in recovery. Just seems like that's 
a line that things start to unravel and I lose track of focus and purpose and I let people down. And that's really why I got involved with the church this time because I'm finding so much strength there. But I'm also finding my biggest pain in the church right now. It's from my pastor. He told me, you must have a clean drug test every week if you want to volunteer in church on Sunday. You're okay to come to church, but if you want to take that step to really be involved and volunteer, you have to give us a clean drug test. And we can't help you in any way if you can't do that for us. Shaw. That is really huge. How are you handling that? Well, that's my struggle. I thought my pastor understood addiction. He even warned my family not to get their hopes up. He told them not to let me get too close to my kids until I have at least a year clean. David, how do I earn the trust of people who keep rubbing the mud of my past in my face? Don't they see the pain and grief that causes me? Where do I turn for comfort? Shaw. This has been deep stuff from each of the listeners. I want to encourage all of my listeners to reach out and speak up about your area of complicated grief. Maybe for those of you working with a sponsor, you could have your sponsor listen to an episode and then you guys use that as a topic. You know, if you're struggling to do 90 days of meetings, you know, 90 meetings in 90 days and you're new in recovery, you can use these podcasts to fill in the days that you can't actually get to a meeting because this area of complicated grief is one that we can't ignore. And you've heard the things that come out if you just open up. Thanks for listening to this episode of the A to D from Addict to Disciple podcast. If you were saying that's me as you listened, then it's time now to reach out, contact someone who really cares, listens, and understands so you know you're heard, join a group, message me on the link in this podcast, or by email at davidfromatod at gmail.com. If you'd like more information, Go to my website, www.fromatod.org, and click on the contact page. If you're listening on Spotify, you can leave your comments by clicking on the link they provide on that platform. Tune in Monday for our next episode, and as always, stay safe and stay strong.